I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome back to the Statman Dave Football Podcast, the greatest podcast on the world planet. I'm Statman Steve, doing Dave's intro for him today. First up, we've got the news, then we're going to move on to your questions. In the middle of that, like a sandwich, like a burger, we're going to throw in the PFA, Young Player and Player of the Year suggestions, and I'm going to give you my man, who I think should be number one MVP of the world. So, back to you, Dave. Thanks, Steve. Excellent uh, intro there, buddy. So, first up, the news... Four years ago today, Ryan Giggs scored that goal against Arsenal, where he picked the ball up on the left wing, beat around three Arsenal players and fired the ball home on the way to United's historic treble, late in May in 1999. In other news, eight Leicester City supporters detained by the Spanish police have been sentenced to four months in jail for public disorder. Serves you right, you bunch of muppets. Moving on to uh, other news, the shortlist for the uh, European Golden Boy has been announced. Um, you know, it reminds me of the Elf Kid song, Golden Boy. What a banger that one is. Uh, but for me, the, the Golden Boy has already been won by Kylian Mbappe, a fantastic talent. The stat that I mentioned on Wednesdays or Thursdays or whatever day's podcast, Mbappe scored four goals in the knockout stages of the Champions League. That is more than any other player. For an 18-year-old, that is is bonkers. The sky is the limit for Mbappe, the best young player in world football by a country mile. So to finish it off, over to Billa Ricky, where they've got a great song pre-game. Oh yeah, a big river. I go float around with lots of fishes in me. Oh. Anyway, enough of that. That is uh, Billericke's, I think it's their pre-game warm-up, um, which is, for me, is absolutely awesome. I think 
um, that using songs and using things like that in a warm-up to get your players psyched up and to really get them concentrating. You hear the manager say over and over again, close your eyes and you know think about how you're going to beat your opponent, think about you're going to be pumped for a game. It's one of these things where it's very motivating to sing together. You go back to the African Cup of Nations final that Zambia won. The reason why they were so calm before they were taking their penalties, they were singing um, a Zambian song before they were going up there and that settled the mind and they scored the goals. For me, Bill Ricky, who have just won a, uh, a final... Um, I think it's a perfect thing and I, I like it and it's something that I may adopt when I become a manager singing some tunes maybe I'll go for Ghetto Gospel and uh, get the lads pumped for that but anyway sorry about the singing sorry about the little bit of fun back to normal podcast behaviour so let's talk PFA player and young player of the season so the shortlists were announced uh, yesterday with the player of the year being Harry Kane Lukaku Zlatan Ivaric Alexis Sanchez Eden Hazard or Angulo Kante the young player being Harry Kane Lukaku who are both nominated for both awards Michael Keane Leroy Sana Jordan Pickford and Deli Ali so this is a you know an interesting little shortlist I think the shortlist are decided in August which quite frankly is stupid so, so stupid for, um, you know, a whole season to be played ahead and you've got to throw the guys forward then. So it's a little bit silly. But for the player of the year, I would probably go with Eden Hazard over Angulo Kante. I think Angulo Kante has been wonderful this season. Won more tackles than any other player in the opposition's half, um, you know, with 22 possessions won. Just been incredible and played the same role. But his form's been a little bit of... Bit of hit and miss in recent recent uh, sort of weeks, but Eden Hazard for Chelsea, he's their whole. You know, he's everything goes through Eden Hazard. He's created the most chances for them. Um, you know, and he costs the score more goals, assists wise. He's to- the top dog, and he's really been freed on the counter attack in this three four three that Conte is playing there. So for me, Eden Hazard deserves to win the PFA Player of the Year. But other uh, shout outs, of course, to Romelu Lukaku, Premier League top scorer, who's taken his game to the next level. Whichever Premier League club or European club picks Lukaku up, they've got such a good player but also Harry Kane in there Sanchez would have probably won it if he continued his form at false nine if Wenger had played in there and obviously Zlatan Ibrahimovic who his season is absolutely bonkers this season in terms of the good old statistics goals assists everything Zlatan has just been the main man a stat that jumped out yesterday was he's completed more passes in the final third than any other player in the Europa League this season for a striker that is absolutely bonkers bananas nuts But Zlatan is season for Manchester United. He's played 3,660 minutes and been directly involved in a goal every 99 minutes, scoring 28 goals and grabbing 9 assists. Of course, Latan is Benjamin Button. What a hero. But yeah, so for just to recap, PFA Player of the Year, I'm going to give it to Eden Hazard, but potentially will be on the move, leaving uh, good old Chelsea in the summer, destined to Real Madrid. Anyway, let's talk about the PFA Young Player of the Year. So the nominees again, Deli Ali, Harry Kane, uh, Michael Keane, Lukaku, Jordan Pickford and Leroy Sana. Don't know where Raheem Sterling is on that list. I definitely think Raheem Sterling should be there he's been better than Sane for me been more consistent this season um, and is looking good under Pep Guardiola but again it goes under the radar because it's Manchester City which is ignored by the media because they don't get clicks unfortunately but in terms of that I think there's some good nominees in there mentioned uh, Lukaku let's talk a little bit about Harry Kane again his impact this season for Spurs has been so good he's so good at bringing um, you know attacking midfielders the likes of Eriksen Deli Alli in into play he can score goals he's pretty much uh, you know he's complete forward right now and uh, is destined for stardom, whether it be at Tottenham or Real Madrid, because all, all, you know Tottenham players always like to go on the way to Real. You think of Modric and Gareth Bale right now over, you know, cutting their stuff up for 
Los Galacticos. But anyway, uh, young player, I'm going to give it to Deli Ali. It's simple as that. 16 goals and five assists in the Premier League, taking the second striker role to the next level, mirroring what Antoine Griezmann is doing at Atletico. In fact, Ali scored more goals than Griezmann this season, more goals than Eden Hazard, and more goals than, of course, the mighty Neymar in league competitions. But Deli Ali, what he's given Tottenham, the press, the ability to sort of slip in there undetected. He's almost like a spy. Appears in the box, will score the goal. I love how he finishes as well. It's so improvised. It's like whatever he can, you know, get on it, he'll, he'll put it away, whether it's a little toe poke outside the butt, foot, inside the foot, uh, header, volley, knee, whatever. Deli Ali just gets the ball in the back of the net and what a fantastic talent he is and definitely deserves the Young Player of the Award um, 100%. In terms of goals in Europe's top five leagues, no player under the age of 21 has scored more. In fact, Ali scored the most. Champion Ali, um, the second coming of Mohamed Ali, it's Delhi Ali, but yeah, he definitely deserves the award. So I've gone with uh, Azad and, of course, Delhi Ali for their impact in uh, you know their clubs and so forth. Anyway, I think it's time to move on to your questions. Oh, baby. So first up, Stephen Sparvey uh, is asking, is David De Gea going to Real Madrid or what is Mourinho doing? So something that I touched on a little bit last last night, David De Gea, um, again on the bench, the rumours were it was a hip injury. For me, this isn't true. This is a load of rubbish. This is Mourinho um, pretty much saying to David De Gea, like Louis van Gaal did, I'm the boss. I'm the guy here. You, you know, you're trying to force a move. Absolutely not. Not on my, not on my watch in a way. You saw how, um, Mourinho kind of ostracized the Casillas at Real Madrid, brought in Diego Lopez. Lopez was pretty decent, but Casillas is a next level goalkeeper. You know what I mean? So it's one of these things where Mourinho's doing the same thing for me. David De Gea, uh, he is the best goalkeeper in the Premier League. So good 1v1, so good at the ball at his feet. You know, we saw that under Louis van Gaal. How good David De Gea was at switching the play, at being that playmaker would suit any team in world football, be it Barcelona, Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, um, you know, would get into these sides. Real Madrid obviously is the one that he's probably going to go to, going back to Madrid where he grew up. Keylor Navas in goal, who's had a very, very shaky season. Um, Real Madrid have been awesome, pretty much all down from front to back, apart from the goalkeeper. And David De Gea going there, you know, that side is already... Um, world class under Zinedine Zidane but it will take that side to the next level imagine David De Gea springing those balls to the likes of Cristiano Ronaldo on the counter-attack that is a, a nice nice uh, you know little vision and as well yeah you know you think of Real Madrid if you do get behind that back line they've got someone of David De Gea's quality they're going to be winning the, the, the Champions League next season if they sign David De Gea it's simple as that what Manchester United should do um, if Real Madrid do come in for David De Gea though is to get a player in return I think that the transfer fee and whatever that's fair enough but United obviously um, when they buy players pay a high fee so in terms of what they get from Real Madrid and reinvesting that it's going to be difficult to sign players so let's go into the uh, Real Madrid squad. Maybe pick out some players that I reckon United should go for. The obvious one that comes out um, is, of course, James Rodriguez at attacking midfield. Uh, double assists, so double numbers of assists and goals. Um, I think pretty much every season he's been at Real Madrid. Uh, but, you know, a bit ostracised from the squad under Zinedine Zidane. He'd be absolutely perfect to upgrade United's attack, give them a little bit more pace. But a lot of, you know, directness. Go back to Colombia, the Colombia team of the World Cup. Everything went through James Rodriguez and that Colombia team was a great team to 
watch. Great on the counter-attack. You think of his James Rodriguez's long-range shooting, something that United lack. Apart from Paul Pogba, not a lot of quality from long-range. Obviously, James Rodriguez would be a fantastic signing and probably an achievable signing. A very achievable signing. Other players that may be achievable from this Real Madrid team, um, you could look at someone like Morata, someone like Isco, uh, that, that would be awesome. Asensio would be a great buy, but he's not going to go. In terms of if I was being real Man United, I'm like, you know, you're, you're not budging here. Someone like Rafa Varane could be a great acquisition. Uh, in terms of unrealistic targets, Casemiro next to Paul Pogba is the perfect fit. And that sort of moves us on nicely to um, another question that has been sent in on Twitter from Silver, KDB underscore MUFC. Just how good is Casemiro? Is he one, the, one of the best defensive, defensive midfielders in world football? Yes, he is the best defensive midfielder in world football for me. You saw how I mentioned on... Uh, Wednesday about how it was the Vidal versus the Casemiro show in defensive midfield in a game full of attacking talent it comes down to your aggressive players sometimes in these games in these bigger games Casemiro's impact to the Champions League final last season man of the match by a country mile what he's upgraded this season is he's shown his technique his range of passing his ability to strike balls um, we all know that he can destroy we all know that he can win the ball for fun I loved how he shuttled out against Bayern Munich against Iron Robin and blocked him coming inside uh, he won 75% of his tackles on Iron Robin in that game you know three out of four tackles one doubled up with Sergio Ramos usually given that Marcelo was uh, you know doing what Marcelo does best attacking but Casemiro would be my number one target um, if I could pick anyone out for Manchester United just to suit them at the moment obviously you've got Ronaldo in there you've got Bale in there um, but I think Casemiro would link this United team together so he'd be number one but also Tony Cruz. You look at United's midfield, Tony Cruz would fit in there 100%, someone like Luka Modric as well. But I think those, obviously those three central midfielders are unattainable. What Cruz would give would be, it'd be that control in central midfield. I kind of think Paul Pogba can be that guy for United. Modric would be a good option, you know, knitting it in the final third. Pogba could be that guy as well. So I think Casemiro is the only one United definitely don't have and would instantly upgrade that. As I mentioned before, Rafa Varane at centre-back next to uh, Eric Bailly would be perfect. Perfect combination of aggression and uh, Varane's pace to cover, but also his intelligence. So that, you know, another player that'd be fantastic. Obviously, Gareth Bale, um, you know, we all know about Gareth Bale in the Premier League, 21 goals in his last season. What he's been doing at Real, start of the season was fantastic. A little bit of poor form, obviously, Asensio played better than Gareth Bale when he came on. And if we could build, you know, if United could bring CR7 home, that would be a dream come true. But in terms of, so let's go through just back what we're saying. So David De Gea is going to Real Madrid. United need to demand a player back in return. So I'm going to go in terms of um, realistic. Uh, you've got players, obviously, you know, like Savisco, Morata, James Rodriguez and Varane. In terms of that, I'd probably go with... James Rodriguez right now at number 10. Oh, no, no, scrap that. No, we'll go Rafa Varane if we can get Rafa Varane. 100% Rafa Varane for David De Gea. Simple as pie. In terms of unattainable players, I think Casemiro really is the guy that could make this United team, massively upgrade this United team. For Mourinho as well, so aggressive. Perfect Mourinho defensive midfielder, but of course the rest of the guys, Bale, Cruz, Modric, all these players will get into the United team. Um, which I kind of, kind of, this is quite a cool question because it's linking through to a few of your questions that you've sent in. Um, another question that I saw on Twitter. Let me just quickly find it. So I think the question was on, um, was sent in on Twitter, but it wasn't sent in today. It was sent in by the raging Alki. Great, great Twitter name there. Hopefully you're not an Alki because that is, that's not good. No, you know, everyone drink responsibly. It's always clever to do that. But his question was, what are your expectations for United for the next three years concerning the Champions League? And where do you, where would we stand against Real, Juve, etc.? At the moment, we get absolutely demolished by them. The mass. 
Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The golfing quality of the Champions League games to Manchester United's game against Anderlecht was huge. Right now, that United team is just not at the same level. You know, poor touches in central midfield, loss of control. That doesn't happen at the elite level. You look at Juve, Real Madrid, Atletico, uh, Barca, um, of course, Bayern. You know, they're so good at controlling games. And I think this works with United, like I just said about that. The United squad, would could any of these Real Madrid players at the starting eleven would instantly walk into the United team because United aren't at that level right now. It's going to take some time. They've got some good, talented young players, but you're comparing them to the best in the world. United aren't there at the moment. It's something that United fans need to observe that we are a Europa League team right now. got to be honest with yourself. You've got to be honest with yourself and evaluate what United are right now. You're a Europa League team, but with Mourinho, they can go back up to the top. With the way the football club's going, you know, with the young signs of players in since Mourinho's taken over it looks like it's going the right way playing some good football obviously the draws and the, the lack of finishing is the problem but again go to Real Madrid Juve Bayern they're scoring those goals they aren't missing those goals it's United's issue it's not anyone else's issue it's not teams that sit too deep against United it's not teams that um, you know United uh, they're, they're playing a, a certain way that restricts United it's United not scoring these chances it's simple as pie and you look at the massive golf and it is a big golf at the moment United Juve United Juve Juve win that 3-4-0 Honestly, win it 3-4-0. But in three years' time, United will be back as a dominant force in the Champions League, so don't worry. So anyway, going back to our initial point, David De Gea off, bring in Casemiro. That would be absolutely sick. I'd love that 100% of the time. Thanks for the questions there. So that was Stephen. Shout out to Stephen Sparvey. Uh, a pal from Manchester. Good lad. Very, very good lad. And obviously we had in there Silver KDB underscore MUFC's question and the Raging Alkies question. I love that little bit. Thanks for sending your questions in there. Always awesome. Uh, always great. Thank you a lot. Anyway, moving on to other questions. Um, so we're going to get a question. Sway SN The Man. Um, thoughts on Daryl Cart's work, work at Bristol Rovers. Incredible work. My flatmate is a Bristol Rovers fan. He always talks about the interchange of... Uh, Daryl Clark's formations, when he, you know, he, he evaluates the situation, frequently switch, switches between a 4-4-2, a 3-5-2, um, a 4-3-3, dependent on the opposition, dependent on how the team's going. He's doing some brilliant work, taking them from the conference, and it looks like maybe in two years, with the ownership that they've got over there, they will be a championship side. So great question. Yes, Daryl Clark's work at Bristol Rovers, massively underrated, a fantastic young English coach. 
But anyway, moving on to other questions. Let's do some more questions. So we've got some questions coming in from at KeyFashion100 on Twitter. Thanks again for sending your questions in to all you guys. Um, so this question goes as follows. How come everyone focuses on Mourinho and Rashford, but not a word gets said about Pep's treatment of Iheanacho? It's 100% true. Yeah, there's nothing on Pep's treatment of Iheanacho. Iheanacho looks like such a hungry, good player. You think about his impact in the derby, the goal he scored, the assist he got. And he's just not around the side, which is so frustrating for, obviously, young City players. And I think it's the reason why there's no word said on it is because papers aren't sold on Manchester City headlines unfortunately they're sold on Mourinho Manchester United headlines so everyone is focusing on Marcus Rashford whose form's turned around in, in the last two games it's been really good I've liked what Marcus Rashford has done after a pretty stick, sticky patch in front of goal especially but I think yeah Pep's treatment of Iheanacho is a weird one um, considering the work Iheanacho has done off the ball on the ball but again Aguero's come back in Aguero's won more tackles in the final third than any other forward in 2017. Um, only Angulo Kante's matched him for tackles, so it's fantastic. He's, his work rate is up, so that's why he's back in the side, obviously forcing Iheanacho out. So, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. So, moving on to the Pat Mouse's question, who's a better fit for Arsenal last season? Next season, sorry, uh, Yardim or Allegri? I think Yardim. I'd love to see Yardim at Arsenal. I think there's a brilliant composition of players there to get out a, four, a banging 4-4-2 out of Arsenal. They signed back Yoko, they signed Fabinho. They're pretty much the Arsenal Invincibles team. That's what they could be instantly if Yardim comes in. Uh, Yardim is just one of my favourite coaches in world football now. The style, the speed of his transition is absolutely brilliant. So yeah, Yardim over Allegri. Allegri, what would he bring? A bit, a bit more... Um, tactical, a little bit more, you know, switching between systems. Again, he'd be a fantastic manager for Arsenal. It'd be great to to see what you know what he could do. You think of what Juve have done this season, the transition between their sort of the four two three one. Dybala, the main man uh, at number ten. You know, think of that at Arsenal could get the best out of someone like Meza Ozil, or if you throw in Sanchez in at number ten, similar role they'd play there, but could play three at the back, could play three six one. That's the the qualities of Allegri. He's tactically a little bit more diverse than Yardim. Yardim obviously is this traditional four four two four four one one at the moment, but. Allegri gives him that a little bit more balance. So either manager would be good, but I'd, I'd prefer to see Yardim over Allegri. Thanks again for the Pack Mouse for sending that question in. Pack that mouse. Moving on to um, Charles's question. If you were appointed manager of Barcelona, what would you do to return them to a pinnacle of European football? Well, I think the first up, you've got to sign a right fullback. Um, you've got to get a right back in there. Maybe get a central midfielder in there. I think changing stylistically Lionel Messi's role. Maybe moving Lionel Messi to a number 10. Maybe moving Barcelona to more of a counter-attacking 4-4-1-1 shape. But obviously you'd have to buy players in there. It wouldn't be, um, you know, go against sort of the ethos of the club. But I think Messi has a number 10. Even even in a possession-based side, I think that is the, the next stage for Lionel Messi. Put him at number 10. Or move Moving back to a striker uh, in a diamond. Um, that could be a really good option for Barcelona. A diamond him behind Neymar and, of course, Luis Suarez. Those two players drifting wide, allowing Lionel Messi to just be a number 10. But I think, yeah, the wing-backs would be so crucial there. So Barcelona are going to have to go out and spend big. You know, it'd be great if they could get another player of the quality of, um, of course, the mighty Dani Alves. You know, there's some interesting links they've had this season. You think of, uh, you know, the link with... Uh, Licksteiner over in, of course, Juventus. That could be a good option for them, you know, give them a bit of tenacity, give them that good width in that final third. But I think it could be, you know, Sadibi would be perfect for them, uh, the Monaco fullback. So that, yeah, so but Barcelona change up their system, change up their tactics, use Lionel Messi in a different manner to get the best out of the young lad. So let's do this. Moving on to at Nicky James 95's question. Who's, who has surprised you the most with their performances in the Premier League this season, both positive and negative? 
I think players that have the performances have massively surprised me. It's simple. It's Claudio Bravo. Going from being one of the best goalkeepers in world football to just confident shot, can't save a single shot. It's got the worst save percentage of any goalkeeper. Yeah, so it's it's incredible. Mental, absolutely mental. So David Shanahan sending in on Twitter, thoughts on using, uh, Liverpool using Sacco to get Van Dijk and maybe targeting Naby Keita. I think Liverpool should definitely use Sacco to target Van Dijk. Southampton should look at someone like Sacco potentially if they're going to lose Van Dijk and sign him on the relatively cheap. Van Dijk would massively upgrade Liverpool's centre-backs. It gives them the physicality, the the ability on the ball. Van Dijk is one of the best centre-backs in the Premier League. You know, Man United should target him. Chelsea should, should target him. Arsenal should target him. He's the best centre-back that we've seen in recent years coming through. I'd say Koscielny won. Van Dijk definitely around number two before his injury. Yeah, Liverpool definitely should target Van Dijk. What he'd give Liverpool as well, what would help them is that ability to play out the back and beat these weaker teams. Jurgen Klopp can beat the good teams, but he can't beat the weaker teams because he doesn't have a decent ball-playing centre-half and that's what Van Dijk would instantly bring. Naby Keita at Liverpool, again, Klopp, perfect player. They've got quite a few players like that in central midfield. Maybe if Naby Keita played a little bit deeper, um, controlling the tempo in central midfield, that again would help them beating this low block. So both players, Van Dijk and Keita, would be fantastic for Liverpool. So moving on to Bax Tom's question. Anyway, a big shout out to Bax Tom, who sent, sent me some photos of the game. He was at the Anderlecht um, Manchester United game yesterday. I think he's an, he is an Anderlecht fan. Um, and did say about Dendonko before the game. So he said, Dendonko, have a look out for this fella because he's going to be um, you know people will start to notice him partnering Yuri Tilsman in central midfield and obviously then Don call the goal fantastic performance so a big shout out to Bax Tom for his little bit of insight into Anderlecht and also the pictures that he sent through top lad so go and follow him on Twitter at BaxTom98 so big big shout out to Thomas cheers fella um, so again his question what do you think of Mourinho's media media handling and uh, does he change United's mentality in a good way or a bad way I think he turns it into a good way um, I think he's dealing it in sort of a military way where the players are getting broken down to be built back up which is Mourinho's classic way I think it works it still works that method tried and tested method still works works with these players because again it's it is a way of motivating it is the different way to the popular way at the moment the Jurgen Klopp way embracing your players but it is it does 100% work we see what he's done on players like Mkhitaryan and Anthony Martial obviously a little bit of bad form for Martial now but he did come back and exploded back onto the scene so I do like that his media handling is just classic Mourinho that's what he's always going to do be a little bit of a you know what but anyway hashtag Mourinho out, out at L. VG effect. What's our win percentage with him without Maran Fellaini? So in the Premier League this season with Maran Fellaini, United have won 50% of their games. Without Maran Fellaini, United have won 50% of their games. So there's a stat for you at LVG effect. Obviously a big Louis van Gaal fan, um, but it is a different style under Mourinho. You know, sit off a little bit less, looks to counter-attack and think if United can get the right number 10 um, or change the system to a 3-4-3, which I'm going to be doing a video on right after this podcast, um, United could get a little bit better on the break and United will improve uh, and start to win games a lot more. Anyway, some final questions. So Eric, um, Eric again sending the question in. Chels Eric at Statman Dave. Mourinho's Chebrol winning Inter 09-010 or Conte's 12-13 team who'd win I think it'd be Mourinho's treble winning Inter that team could be any team if that team could be frozen in time that would be anyone on their you know they, they're just so defensively so solid so good you know, ma, ma, you know the likes of Melito so clinical on the, the counter-attack so clinical with his chances where Schneider feeding him Etu Pandev doing the defensive work uh, you know Javier Zanetti Mycom that team was absolutely awesome. Defensively, so solid as well. You're looking at the likes of Julio Cesar, um, and then obviously Lucio, Walter Samuel, defensive midfield. You can be Assos and, and your Stankovic's. It's just 
Like, it was such a good team, massively underrated. Yeah, for me, Mourinho's team would beat Conte's team, massively. But anyway, thanks for the question, Eric. Again, sending in the absolute bangers. So moving on to uh, David McNamara's question on Twitter, at David McNamara. Do you think Kimmich would be a good fit for Manchester United? Not on Mourinho's team, unfortunately. Kimmich is more of a ball-playing central midfielder. Maybe as a right-back um, under Mourinho, but Mourinho does prefer your physical centre mids when he's purchasing them. Obviously, Kimmich is one of the best central midfielders in, or will be one of the best central midfielders in world football, but he's kind of a ball player, not really a Mourinho type player, similar to Julian Weigel. Julian Weigel, such a good player, but not really a Mourinho player. Um, and then his second part of his question who'd be a good replacement for David De Gea, Donnarumma, Oblak, or other? I'd go for either Donnarumma or Oblak. I think Oblak over Donnarumma right now, but Donnarumma for the future is going to be good. So it's whether United want to go for a policy of signing another young goalkeeper, allowing him to mature in the Premier League, or going for someone that's ready right now, Oblak. So Mourinho probably would go Black over Donnarumma. I'd probably go Donnarumma over Oblak. But anyway, thanks for the question, David McNamara. To wrap things off, let's go to Snapchat, see if there's any more questions that have been sent in um, on Snapchat. So we've got Jeremy um, Hillock, who's saying, in your opinion... How much would Liverpool suffer if the sale of Coutinho to Barcelona? Um, I think they'd suffer quite a bit. Coutinho has shown such good form in the last few weeks when he's been back from injury uh, that he is a top, top player and will be. But Barcelona, I don't think they should get him yet. I think they should wait. They should allow Liverpool to have him for a few more seasons and then move in when Coutinho sort of hits his form. Be a big blow to Liverpool, but I think they could replace him. I think they replace him with another, um, you know, decent signing. Uh, you know, going to it's kind of what Liverpool are doing at the moment. They're signing players young, get, giving them some game time, and then selling them on. It's, it's just what Jurgen Klopp does, and I think Liverpool will be fine with a cracking manager that is Jurgen Klopp. So Brandon's question coming in on Snapchat: Do you think Tillsman will join a Premier League side? Um, I don't think so. I think he's going to go to either Atletico have been rumoured, Monaco would be a great move for him. I think Monaco would be absolutely perfect. If the likes of Bakayoko, Fabinho go, Tilsman to there would be absolutely sick. Thanks again for sending in the question though, Brandon. Good stuff, buddy. So, Dan Stan's question. Dabala to United if the Griezmann deal doesn't go through. That would be so tasty. Dabala is such a good player. And I've been raving about him for season after season after season. And now he's just jumped on the hype train after his goals in the Champions League. What a fantastic talent. So technically, so perfect, so good on the ball. Eye for a pass and we saw his finishing. That's his best skill for me is his finishing. Um, so good on that left foot. Such a sweet left foot. The curled finishes that he did... Um, Against Barcelona, we're fantastic, and that's just what he's done all season. So, yeah, fantastic. If United can't get Griezmann, Dybala would be good. Um, Mezit would be good as well in my video on my YouTube channel, Mezit Ozil to United. I kind of analysed that and said that he'd fill a role for United that the likes of Griezmann and Dybala would be different. They'd be goal scorers. Mezit could be that chance creator at the elite level. And to finish things off, Marlon's question, Danny Rose or Alonso? Oh, that's such a hard one. Danny Rose. But anyway, guys, that's been that for the Satman Day Football Podcast, episode 45. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for getting involved. Subscribe to me on iTunes. Obviously, drop your reviews, please. That means the world to me. Over and out. Have a cracking weekend. Enjoy the Easter bank holiday or just whatever you're doing over the weekend. Have a great time. Over and out. See you later. Bye.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.